Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 55, All Wings Report In, Battle of Yarvin Discussion, Statistics, The Meta, What the Hell. Welcome to Planning Face Syndicate, episode 55. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Tonight we have a very special um, episode planned for everybody. Uh, we actually get to look at the Battle of Yarvin, kind of discuss what that means for the current meta, what it means for X-Wing. Um, reminisce a little bit about what hopefully we'll get to see if AMG ever gets over COVID and decides they would like to come join our uh, community and share what they want to do for the next these six months to a year would be nice. Um, they obviously did not have their stream this week um, at all, so they are going to have to replan it. And we have no idea when that is. With that being said, though, they did release some Battle of Yarvin stuff um, for one of the new scenario packs that they are going to present to us, I believe, in the coming October. And what we're going to do is actually look into seeing those, what those cards are, and do we think they're going to break the meta or or not? We're also going to be covering Kyber Cup and GSP Flight Academy tournaments that have uh, recently concluded this weekend. I have a <coughs> excuse me. I have a bunch of statistics that I've broken down that I wanted to go through with everybody <coughs> because I think it's very interesting to see where your lists show up based on the percentage of lists brought in your faction. So I think that'll be an interesting, a uh, little bit longer discussion. I promise we are not going to go over all forty-two top cut lists for Kyber Cup. That's not going to happen. I have selected the top five and zero. Oh, and the top four and one draws. And then we have a smattering of about another 10 lists in there um, that I felt were specialty lists <laughs> that also made top cut. And there's somebody on this podcast who made top cut, but I don't know if I'll cover his list because it's kind of just a cheap, generic crap list. But we'll see. Maybe we'll cover it. Maybe we won't. We'll, we'll see. At least it's not trajectory B-Wings anymore. With that being said, let me bring in my co-host for tonight. Please welcome to the show, Mr. JJ. His hat still sucks no matter which way he wears it. And Charles, the Mandalorian Dillman. How are you tonight, sir? Good. I just want to ask a real quick question before we get to it. Is it our official stance that we are calling it Yarvin now? <laughs> I, did I say Yarvin? <laughs> Bro, you said Yarvin every right, single time. Every, if that's our official stance, I'm right. down for calling it yep. Yarvin. We'll We're going to call it Yarvin. <laughs> I'm, it's, I it's am our, down for like United Front. All I think good. of is like a planet full of cats playing with like a, a ball of yarn. Like, See, I was thinking, I was thinking pirates because it's yarn. Yarn. Oh, I like that better. Yes, the it's rebel pirates planet. coming to kill the Death Star for the second time. So I was showing just real quick because these are this is my souvenir from Boston, Chris, and I thought you would enjoy. It. I was showing these to JJ before we went on the air. Look at this. Oh, that's cool. Those are like mini magic. This is a fully functional 60-card Magic the Gathering deck uh, just for uh, purposes of comparison. This is a regular-sized deck of cards. That's sweet. I, need, I, I have two imagine, of them. I, have I one can that's imagine a, trying to shuffle that. Like the tiny I have one that's cards. a Johnny and one that's Nicobolus. I need uh, JJ. You and I are going to get drunk one evening and go to a Friday Night Magic and sit down with these decks and see if anybody will actually play against us. <laughs> I know, right? It says That's right here. Cool, the text. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you know yeah, what I've got all a the cards, glass. do you know what all the cards do? As long as you know what the cards do, I mean, what are they? What can they say? You know. Well, yeah, I don't exactly. know that they're legal. 
I don't know what's oh. on the band list oh, and yeah. what isn't, but there you go. That's good lord. I would have to get like magnifying glasses out to read that. Oh my gosh. Like Heck here yeah. guys, hold on. Oh, that's what this card does. <laughs> they're like the tiny little upgrade cards from our Armada. That's how small those things look. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. You're, they're like old school X Wing upgrade cards at 1.0. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, those are terrible. Well, fair enough. How was your guys' week so far? Uh, I guess technically it's the beginning of the week, but how was last week for y'all? Uh, well, in terms of um, uh, health-wise, I, I don't know about you, Charles, but you sound like I'm like you're suffering through the same thing. The, the allergies here in Florida have been so bad yesterday i pretty and this morning i was pretty much in misery with my sinuses like just trying to recover um but other than that um uh, i had a great time uh watching like a lot of like different uh, matchups for the last week at kyber here there's a lot of great strong lists a lot of great players um a lot of close games um that i saw this this week and um yeah i'm just excited to get to uh to a lot of these uh, top cuts for both kyber and um and then next week also the gsp event yeah, mine is a mixture of um, allergies and actual sickness. But I feel your pain. Yesterday, I took a, uh, I took Benadryl and uh, Claritin and anything that I could get my hands on that was a decongestant, and none of it like touched it. It was, it's yep. been just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, that's not the norm for every year because that. I hate I hate allergy season. I have worse allergies in the spring than I do in the fall. But I but see the thing is, is and this is where people like, oh, the sunshine state. It's summer all the time. Yeah, you know what that means? It means there's no winter where things die. So it's just pollen all the time. But I will say this: <clears throat> when we went to Boston last week, there were cars that had been sitting still for more than a day that had a film of yellow. Uh on them from all of the pollen it was the wor it was terrible boston was amazing massachusetts was awesome but the pollen count was ridiculous this year i can imagine yeah and that's as we have those those white um flowers in where i live in michigan and so it's like that white dander that floats through the air all the time oh yeah like the dogwood trees yeah yeah, yeah it's, ugh, it's horrible <clears throat> We went geocaching today for my kids. Um, That's still a like, thing. It is, yeah, I guess it is, and it's it's part of their hiking badge or whatever. And they couldn't meet uh, with their group last week, so I took them and we went on like I don't know three or four mile walks today. And it was just like we're in the in the sanctuaries or whatever the hell they call these weird little parks that are contained and ran by the government and like yeah it's all over there because nobody's going in these places so it's just blowing left and right but do we lose charles nope i'm oh. still here okay you're just sitting very still is all <laughs> you are like a statue he's zen, he's very zen. I, I i remember when we so first started streaming i'm so like sick and just awful like <laughs> It's terrible. Well, when we first started streaming and like my cam link would crash, right? And like everything would be on the screen and we'd be talking and we wouldn't even know. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh shit, the cam link crashed. We got to like reset that a second. <laughs> That's what I felt like for a second. Like, oh, I got to, I got to refresh Charles's app there. So. Anyway, well, that's good. I'm glad everybody had a good weekend. Um, a reminder, if you live in Florida and you would like to join us for the first ever planning phase syndicate tournament, 
We are hosting one July 9th in Orlando-ish area. It's um, Orlando. No, you're it's Orlando proper. It is technically okay. Cool. Yes. And you can go to Disney afterwards if you want. JJ said he's buying everybody a lightsaber who comes out. So I mean, <laughs> sounds great to me. Anybody? Uh, let me rephrase that. I, I got to correct you just real quick. JJ is willing to buy a lightsaber for anybody who can get an appointment on that day. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also for anybody that's coming, this has been kind of a new thing. But while I was unpacking at my new house, I found an extra. Um, Gar Saxon, um, an extra Gar Saxon Funko Pop. So if you show up with a Gar Saxon pilot on your list or a crew on your list and manage to win a game, uh, it's yours. So I'm going to bring it to the tournament. It is a side kind of hustle thing. If you really want one, I've got an extra one. So yeah, and it's free. Look at that. All you got to do is beat Charles in a game. <laughs> I didn't say it to beat me. I just said they had oh. to get a victory. Oh, even better then. Well, then that's guaranteed. I mean, I'm at least you. giving them a chance. If they had to play me, there was no chance. Oh. <laughs> All right. So why don't we get into the Battle of Yarvin to begin with? Um, and I guess I'm just going to keep saying it because I, I got it on the stream, like on the overlay, correct? But I obviously don't know how to speak properly. So we're going to go ahead and transition. And now what we're going to do is talk about the Battle of of Yavin. And essentially what they were told us this is going to be a scenario pack with standard loadout cards, which I guess were a thing. Um I didn't know this was a thing like that that um FFG did. Um but I guess it's a whole thing and sometimes those cards can be used in um standard play. Correct? I would say if I'm if I'm not mistaken and JJ you're the the resident expert when it comes to tournament stuff, but up till now, the quick build cards have not been tournament play legal. Uh, they good. have been they have been for you to play with your friends and to like pick up games and learning stuff. These yeah. quick build cards that are coming in the Battle of Yarvin, uh, I can't do it. I'm sorry. The Battle of Yavin, um, <laughs> I can't. It felt so wrong. Like my body revolted. Um, in the Battle of Yavin pack, will be the first ones we have that are actually um, tournament that legal. are actually tournament legal. Yeah. Yeah, now there has been some promos that were released previously by FFG, I want to say, that originally had um, some common uh, upgrades that were added onto the cards. I know there's a blackout um, with Trickshot um, that came out, and there's another, like, I want to say another, like, Delta 7 one that had it as well, um, that they gave out as promos for some of the tournament events that those were legal, um, but this is before the AMG takeover, so, yeah. So... The funny thing, and I, I will get to it. I do actually have a screenshot. It does look like AMG 100% confirmed on Facebook that these will be legal for standard tournament play. Yeah. So I'm going to be very interested to see what their um point costs are because here's their here's their transmission is what they called it. Their release to us of what the Battle of Yarvin is, and essentially they they say it's going to be a scenario pack, and this scenario pack is going to be chock full of contents for both experienced players and new candidates. We'll see about that. Uh, but the scenario pack is going to be a new type of expansion that they want to plan to continue to release, which I'll be honest, I like this scenario. Um, I don't know what it is specifically, but I do like this in the Return of the Jedi. I think this is probably one of the 
one of my more favorite scenes from that movie. Um, so I, 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 I am very excited to see like thematic um, scenarios come. I'm not a hundred percent sold. If I think this is, should be a, a tournament um, thing, or if this should be kind of specialized like Epic, but essentially what they're going to do is you're going to get standard loadout ship pilots that you could take into battle with unique scenarios for players to reenact on the tabletop. And they give some examples. They say this engagement, you get a squad of 35 points and face off to determine the fate of the rebellion. That's crazy, right? 35 points. Yeah, this this is definitely bordering into like epic style play where you have like a like a very large fleet to um, to like spread out and do like that particular scenario there. Now, um, in terms of this being like standard for or like legal for tournament play, as long as you cannot add um, or remove any upgrades with this standard card or pilot loadout, then I think it should be okay um, because they sh they would be able to cost it appropriately. Um, to give it as an alternate way to um, to to field this particular pilot, um, honestly, like for the the one that we're gonna look at first, Luke Skywalker, uh, the way that it's loaded out, um, what we're seeing, at least from what I've seen across the board, playing several games and stuff, pretty much the the standard way of seeing Luke Skywalker in the T sixty five, you see him a lot with like trick shot, shatter shot, as of right now. Uh, with the current meta and seeing him with an alternate loadout um, that doesn't have that particular combo, which is really strong, um, is nice to to try to see a different side of or different loadout for Luke Skywalker that is standard legal for tournaments. Yeah. Um, so they don't. Ex so they basically say that one of your ships is going to get the attack run condition. It's going to make an approach and shoot. Proton torpedoes at the exhaust port, right? So very thematic. Um, but they, so I, I, I'm a little confused because they didn't go into exactly what that's how that's going to work. Um, but they did essentially say that they are going to introduce <laughs> the Tie Interceptor, <laughs> which I guess has received controversy from them. To them, I guess people have been complaining about the box art having a tie interceptor on it, which I guess I didn't really pay attention to that piece of it. We all know that that ship does not technically um, show up. I was in, gonna say I don't remember seeing that in the Battle of Yarvin. It, it, it's not. Yeah. It's not te technically speaking. It's not like it doesn't show up because I don't think they invented it yet. <laughs> you know. So in their um, in the Star Wars Celebration panel, when they originally like revealed this, uh, part of the the discussion piece on uh, why they went with uh, tie interceptors was that they um, I, they actually worked together with uh, with Lucasfilm to discuss the possibility of other different types of ships being there at the Battle of Yavin, um, and Lucasfilm did give them their blessing that they did say that there were other fleets that were nearby um, that uh, that did have the prototype. Uh, tie interceptors at the time um so they could have been in the vicinity of the area they didn't necessarily show up on film but they were in the vicinity um and they do show up afterwards to um to help to basically recover the the survivors of the exploded death star um including uh, uh a mention in lost stars where a Gazanti shows up to recover uh vader's x1 as well uh, that was damaged after the explosion 
uh, to recover it. And they do mention uh, tie interceptors there. So it's it's a really big reach for lore because everybody just remembers the battle we having according to what the films show. Um, but there is other extended media that that kind of goes into that as well. It's just it's it's something like if you haven't read it or you, you like you don't know it, you, you just miss it. And then on the other end, they also wanted to kind of balance this particular scenario as well because they felt that tie fighters versus x-wings were not gonna have the same like the same chance in terms of pushing damage through i guess uh for balance so they felt that the interceptors were a better choice so So can i ask a weird question though sure just because and and i understand the logic to some extent in that jj i don't disagree with that piece of it except for the fact that they're changing pilot abilities and luke is an example they are changing his ability on the standard loadout card. Couldn't we just give TIE Fighters a ability to have like a free reroll and an extra red dice and then have you know four dice at range one and three at range two to three and then give them the ability where they could have standard like cannons or something stupid like that? I mean, they could do that. I think changing I- the ability of a ship versus changing potential stat lines or changing things like that are have two very different effects on the game. And the other part of it is that it becomes a word salad at that point too. Right. And you're trying to minimize the amount of text you have on the card. I guess it just, it just seems like they could stay closer and more true, but yeah, I I agree. Like, I think that they should have in addition added tie fighters and and tie interceptors for that, that variance. Um, because obviously the Rebels have the Falcon, the T-65, and the Y-Wing. There's three different ships, whereas now on the Imperial side, what we have is the Interceptors and Vaders. That's it. So Yeah. Now, the question, the other question too, right, if they're going to up it to 35 points, are they going to allow us to have a larger ship count? Yeah. So I, as I read this and I take a look at the back art of this particular box, uh, all the pilots listed there, it looks like that you should be able to field every single pilot there in a 35-point list. So that's okay. that's how I interpret it. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's look at some of the cards. Let's start with Luke. What changed for Luke? So the first thing that we have is his ability. Um, so he reads, after you're declared... Um, the defender during the attack you may recover one force that's the same as before um the the added on ability is basically hopeful um after another friendly ship at range zero to three is destroyed you may perform a focus or boost action on his card um so that's something that's added on to him um that uh, that would normally isn't on his ability uh the other thing that we don't have on this ship is the s foils they no longer need to open or close those s foils since they already have this um, disability baked in onto the pilot is, itself. Um, and we see it in attack speed. After you fully execute a three or four speed maneuver, you may boost using the one straight template. Now, it is a more limiting boost since you can only go straight. Uh, so that means you can't do any of the banking uh, boosts, which are usually uh, really good at outmaneuvering or getting around people to arc dodge. Um, so it's a little bit different, um, but um, but at least they have that option there for that uh, that boost. Yeah, and I think the, the, I think that's interesting, and I think the the they're auto including instinctive aim, which makes sense, and they are auto including proton torpedoes again makes sense, and then they're adding R two D two. So I'm 
I, I get the R2-D2 include. It makes a million times more sense, but like R2-D2's ability, I don't know. Like, hey, Luke, you want to take a disarm token? And uh, now you're going to be able to recover a shield. Great. You know, like, Can I, I ask know. a question on this? Because I'm trying to find it outside of our document. Is this official release or is this a spoil or? This, this was is in... a spoil. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know if this is true or not. No, no, no. Oh, this so we, is this true. Came, yeah. yeah, this came directly from. This came directly from. Oh, AMG. No, okay. When I said when I said spoil, I mean like somebody said they got their hands on a pack because oh, I'm on no, AMG's no, no. Like, oh, no, no, no. release page and I don't see Luke on there. That's the only reason I asked. Yes, because it was a a Facebook or Twitter picture. It's oh, again, okay. again. It's and we should. We should also preface this that AMG originally scheduled to have the mini extravaganza this week with all their streams where they would have broken down and revealed a lot of these cards. However, because uh, a big group of them uh, did end up with COVID, they had to cancel and reschedule. Um, but they did release these images uh, for the Battle of Yavin pack. Um, they just um, they they're gonna postpone the stream for a different week, uh, so that way they can like do an actual full gameplay of this of uh, of all these ships and stuff, and I'll answer I guess community questions for for this pack. Yeah. Yep. And R two D two. Yes, psionic. It, it, it is two charges for R two D two for that. So. Now, it'll be interesting, I think, because they talk about the proton torpedoes being used to complete the attack run. <clears throat> and there's no ability for him to recharge those. So at least they're going to be encouraging Luke to only shoot them. Don't shoot me, Luke. Leave me out of this. Which, again, may, maybe makes sense why they put R2-D2 on there, right? Like, hey, Luke doesn't need to shoot because he's you're you're using Luke to go do the job that Luke I guess was created by his father and mother to do, I guess. I don't know. I guess like... for me, and, and maybe this is weird, but a comedian pointed this out on a special I was watching over the weekend, and I never really thought about it like this. When they're talking about shooting the proton torpedoes into the Death Star, into a hole that's three meters wide. It seems like it's not very big, but when you look at the fact that Chewbacca is three meters tall, that's a big ass <laughs> hole, man. That's, yeah. that's that's a large hole to try and shoot a missile into. I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other, but like maybe it's not as. And somebody else pointed out that like laser bolts firing out of a gun fired about the same speed as like a fastball in the Major League Baseball. And just about every player in Major League Baseball can swat a fastball out of the air. So maybe deflecting laser bolts with your lightsaber is not as impressive as people think it is. <laughs> that that's true. That's that. I guess I never thought about that way, Charles. Damn you and your making me <laughs> think about things I don't want to do. <laughs> All right, the next pilot we get is Pops Corell. Um, I'm kind of actually excited just to have this Y-Wing in the, uh, like, a new Y-Wing, right? Like, in Rebels, who do you always take? Cavill. Dutch. Dutch. Oh. Cavill is who you take <laughs> in Scum, but... It, it, Nora yeah. is also very good as well, but yeah, Cavill. Or, um, Dutch. <laughs> yeah, and the unique thing here is they don't have anything to reduce the barrel roll. 
So that's okay. If you ever see a Y wing player take a barrel roll, just smack them in the head and move on. That's <laughs> not a thing they do. Anyway. I love the the two dice re roll. That's nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. So just looking at his ability here, it says while you perform a turret arc uh, a turret arc attack, you may re-roll up to two attack dice. And he also comes with the Hulk uh upgrade as well. Uh, after another friendly ship at range zero to three is destroyed, you may perform a focus or boost action. Um comes equipped with ion cannon turrets, advanced proton torpedoes, and R4 Astromech uh to make all those uh ones and twos uh, blue there. Um, he is definitely a really interesting pilot here. Um, in terms of cost, would you put him at the same cost as uh, as Dutch or the same cost as Nora? I have an issue here um, because non-fighting or non-pre-constructed uh, battle situation cards. Hope is a force power, is it not? No, it's uh, not. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, is that it was, a talent? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it, Never mind. It then came I, out, I withdraw my statement. Yeah, yeah. It, it basically came out the same time as discipline, which is like you know you get an action after somebody dies. So that's that's the same thing. So I got it. Han Solo is the next one, <clears throat> and I'll take they, this one because I'm building it right now, and it's such a pain in the ass. I mean, um, and it, look at the picture. It kind of looks like your Lego construction. It's yeah, it very does. flat looking. <laughs> Yeah, because right now it's not. Uh, anyway, I'm three bags in two weeks. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, after performing an, an attack that hits, uh, notice that it specifies an attack that hits. It doesn't say primary. It doesn't say secondary uh, or missile or cannon or anything like that. It's just an attack that hits. Uh, you may spend one charge to perform a coordinate action. And then it has solo. Is that that's it? Yeah, solo. Yep. Uh, while you defend or perform an attack, if there are no other friendly ships at range 0-1, you may spend a charge to roll one of your dice. Um, now, when the, I assume that the charges are shared between the performing a uh, the charges to perform a coordinate action and the charges to re-roll a die. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed that the charges do not have the little arrow on them. So that means that you get four shots, four charges, which, to be fair, the way the games have been going, when five or six rounds is generally victory condition set up, like four charges is more than plentiful. I don't think they need to be rechargeable. Yeah, I agree. I like that too, right? <clears throat> I like the use of non-reoccurring charges sometimes. Yep. I just think it adds, you can add character or, or, or abilities you, it's like crack shot right you can add abilities to cards without making them insanely overpowered you know yeah. i still think crack shot's pretty i don't know that's still a pretty insane ability but um, i don't know how i feel about l337's ability being on rebel han um <laughs> i don't think the rebel falcon needed more things to make it better i think it, it when you have the Scum Falcon and you've got to spend 20-some-odd points and upgrades to get it on par with what the Rebel Falcon can do, and then you take an ability that was up till now solely on the Scum Falcon and add it to the Rebel Falcon, like, what are we doing? Why? Because <laughs> the Falcon wasn't good enough already? Like, we gotta, we're we going to give it the title and the L337 co-pilot ability? 
So to be fair, this is going to be only on this particular Han Solo. It can't be equipped on anybody else. Um, no, but this is tournament legal. Right, right, exactly. What else but do you need he, on Han Solo? You have Chewbacca crew and right, the title. But he he uh, he's not going to get his his constant rerolls on defense. Um, he he's limited to four, um, and it's only one dice, so he's not going to be able to constantly like reroll that. Um, the uh, and besides that, I mean, he has he doesn't have access to Bistang. Um, yes, it's still three gun turret, but he's not going to be have access to trick shot either. So he can't do the hide behind the rock shenanigans that the other Han Solo can do. So while he loses a lot more of his offensive potential that he can normally do with the other Falcon, in exchange, he gets better blues once he starts taking a few damage. I mean, he gets better blues and a free focus with an evade action. Assuming that he doesn't bump. So. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, I mean I'm, I'm down to see it, but I think that giving the Rebel Falcon more maneuverability seems a little bit much in my personal I mean, opinion. But They they already had Neenum, uh, which already made that the, the same thing without the, the, the added drawback of making sure that you're damaged. so Or not shielded in this case. Yeah. All right. Just out of character, were there any scum at the Battle of Yarvin? No. Apparently there were, not. There were, there, were, there were interceptors in ships that we never saw that we can say were there for the purposes of releasing them for the game. But we can't give <laughs> me... Slave one is out there. <laughs> we, we can't say that Star Vipers were there or anything to give me a, a pre-construct Star Viper. There are no Mandalorian commandos anywhere around either. <sighs> All right, so the next pilot is Aiden Versio in the Interceptor. Now, I'm going to preface this by say by saying, if, since this is being able to be legal and standard, this right here just like this to some extent, this makes my day. Not only did you just give an Interceptor a free shield, which just seems crazy to me. Like here you go, Interceptor, have a free shield. You get three green dice. You're ultra maneuverable, and you get a free shield. Um, I mean, to be fair, they're going against proton torpedoes, so I mean, I, I guess, I, <laughs> I, I guess, but um, and you so get that, you get a damage prevention every other turn. Yes, exactly. Before or every yeah. every two turns. Yes. Yep. You get to prevent. Yeah. It, it's it's a free evade, essentially. So. Yeah. Um. Yep. So you get a free evade every two turns. They're bolting sensitive controls onto there, which I have no issues with. Whatever. That's fine. Um, you know, I play with sensitive controls more often, um, minus soon's here felt, uh, he's the only one I don't, uh, put in there, uh, put that on right now. And that's, that's only because he's an I six anyway, but so now we have Iden, um, and she gets predator and then fanatic, which she never had before, but so essentially she got two talents <coughs> and then the fanatic essentially is, uh, a free calculate conversion. On offense, so but you have yeah. to be unshielded for it. So yeah, definitely really, really good. Um, I actually I think I prefer this version of Iden's ability versus the other one because the other one is a one and done, although you could cancel out an entire attack. This one here, if you um you can at least do it more often and it in incentivizes you to keep her alive, you know. Um yeah. at I four with a three gun attack uh on an interceptor, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. 
I like it. I think this is good. Um, I don't think we'll. I, I don't know if we'll see Fanatical. My guess is she'll either pop or uh, live forever. Well, Fanatical is. It's a weird way to think about it, but this is just my way of thinking. You could just run her over a rock to get rid of that shield and then have Fanatical act, active for the <laughs> entire game. I do not recommend that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> As a person who's done that, I highly don't recommend it. Fair. <laughs> All right. Vader is the next one, and he's not a tie defender, thank God. But what yeah, if he didn't fly that at the Battle of Yarvin? I don't care what LucasArts says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't thank God for that. Um, so, what did they change on Vader, JJ? So, his ability has changed here. Oh, if, first, before we go there, uh, his stat line changed as well. He ha also has three shields on the chassis instead of the normal two that the X1 has. Uh, so, his uh, his ability is changed to while you perform an attack, you may spend one force to change one blank result to a focus result, which is oh, what they brought over. Uh, sorry, to a hit result, sorry, uh, to what they brought over from his TIE Defender uh, pilot ability, which is really great. Um, and he also does not have the limitation from the TIE Defender where he can only spend uh, the force on offense, so he can actually do both on this one here. Um, he does still have his advanced starting computer, but he comes equipped with marksmanship, hate, and afterburners uh, for this build, uh, which makes him a really, really solid uh, platform, making him a lot more reliable on offense for this particular chassis, and uh, he's going to definitely do some uh, some damage. Well, thank goodness he's more reliable on offense. If I remember footage correctly from our historical archives, he got shot out of the sky by the intergalactic version of an 18-wheeler that snuck up on him, so... Yeah, All right. right. And just a correction from the chat, and I we went back up and looked at Aiden. Aiden actually is, you have to be damaged, so you have to actually take a physical damage card. It's not the, on the shield, so that's actually oh, a shit. little bit better than, like, Disregard. that makes me feel a little bit, I mean, like, not saying I wouldn't run the hell out of that, but that makes me feel a little bit better. I don't know that I would now, because that means you're two health away from death. Yeah, yeah, now you do not want to do it, and you have to hit two obstacles, Charles, to get, to get yeah. it off there. Now, the main drawback for this Vader is the fact that you can't um, link your focus into um, or like use the force to get that additional action for a target lock. Um, you're going to have to make a choice here to either do the target lock to, um, to get that third die on offense for Vader or take a focus to mod your shots and not spend all your force. So it, that is the drawback to the change to his chassis, but still pretty good. Yeah, no FCS. It's an automatic, you get no FCS on this, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. There's the pack, right? And that's that's what you see with the TIE Interceptor on it. And then we have, this is where they officially confirm these will be legal for standard play. <clears throat> now, this is where it's a little bit more interesting. They list on the, so this is from the AMG site. They list every pilot that is on here. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Um, so they're going to get 20 ship cards, two oversized scenario upgrade cards, eight Death Star trench tokens, 11 ship bases, and one rules insert. So essentially, in it for the Empire, we have Vader in the X1 that we saw. Then we have new TIE Fighters, Backstabber, Mauler, 
Jer- I wonder Dark if that'll curse. be Mahler Mythel, just yep. without like a different name. Yeah. Yep. Dark Curse, Wampa, the Iden, and then we're gonna get Sigma four, five, six, and seven in the interceptor, which I don't know what those are gonna contain. Um then we have new X Wing cards. Uh Garvin, which is why I always think Yarvin. Sorry, that's just bad habit. Um Garvin, Luke, Jack, Porkins, Biggs, Darklighter, Wedge, Han Solo in the YT thirteen hundred. Now we're gonna get Dutch again, Dex Tyri. And I don't Tyree, is that how you say that? Yes. Um Pops and Hull and Oakland. Yeah. So, um, and on the top of it, the three cards that they spoiled on top there, they did spoil. If you do like a super zoom, you can kind of make out what the wording art uh, is for both Jack and uh, Tyree. So for Tyree, his ability reads, while you defend, if there's another friendly ship at range zero to one, you may uh, roll one additional defense die. Uh, and he has the hopeful subtitle on it. And then Jack Porkins looks like he still retains his the the same ability that he has where he can um, roll for for um, he can remove a stress and roll for damage. Now the only thing that we can't really make out on his card it looks like he has a um, uh, upgrade that says unstable output engines. I think that's what it says there, but I can't really make out what it says there. So it's going to be really interesting to see like Ooh, um, like how they. They equip him out. So, yeah, I'm going to jump into first edition real quick. Yes, please do. Thank you, because you can read us the abilities for those. I was other just going to say, Deslin said that uh, Backstabber and, and Dark, uh, Curse. Dark Curse were both first editions. So, yeah, I think Backstabber was the one where you couldn't spend tokens if he was behind you. <laughs> uh, I think that's right. But hold on, I'm pulling. A- uh, yeah, when attacking from outside the defender's fire... No, sorry. So Backstabber was when attacking from outside the defender's firing arc, roll one additional attack die. So that nice. gave you a three-attack TIE fighter as long as you were outside of the attack arc. And the other one was Dark Curse. Let's see here. Ooh, did he erase it from the archives? No, um... It doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, when defending ships attacking, you cannot spend focus tokens or re-roll attack dice. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Now, this is old school, uh, but Dark Curse was an I-6 and was 16 1.0 points. So that would make them an I-3-ish, yeah. yeah. I-3 to I-4, somewhere in there. Uh, and then Backstabber was also an I-6. Okay. Uh, in the TIE Fighters. They were both I-6, so mid-level, uh, mid-range pilots. Um, and they were both 16 points, which in a 100-point game, um, that's a pretty significant point cost. So I would not probably cost them more or less than four to five points. Yeah, I would maybe, say... Maybe three. I'd say between three and four is probably yeah. a safe bet for each of them, yeah. uh, plus the cost of the upgrades. So, yeah. Well, I think what's interesting... I think the big interesting thing here, right, is, you know, we're going to do two things. The, the First, I think the interesting thing here is the fact that it's a 35 points. We don't know if it's total destruction. Do Are they fo- forcing you to not 
you know, to engage a little bit, but really just go after, um, you know, the objective here, which is obviously to shoot a proton torpedo in, you know, the exhaust port. I, I don't know. Like, so I think that's the interesting piece. I will kick off the next piece that I wanted to, before we get into any of the, the, the cup, the metadata, right? I want to say like, we could go around the room and talk about what's exciting versus not exciting um, about this or what we have concerns on. So like for me, the exciting thing is, is this means a, we're getting other scenarios that we can play that may not have to be Epic style, but can be closer to that feel that'll allow us to have stuff to play when we're not prepping for a tournament, which I will admit I have not played my Kyber cup list except for in Kyber cup. Um, and hence you could probably see my, um, you, you, you can see my performance based on that. Um, I've been playing other things. Like I ran a rebel list um, last week at locals and a d dual defender list, which um, I got a lot of shit for. But um, <laughs> anyway, we, rebels. I, 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 cause I never fly rebels. I thought I'd give it a chance. So um, anyway, I flew, I flew a fun rebels list last week that I thought was fun and not meta at all. And um, anyway, and then, you know, like, so, so some of me is like very excited to have something else to put on the table and play, right? Because I think that helps draw th play th things in. What I do worry a little bit about is how limited this scenario is, right? Like, can I take scum ships? Are you going to tell me I can't take a scum ship? Are you going to tell me I can't fly a separatist ship? I mean, technically speaking, right? We wouldn't do that. Technically speaking, it doesn't fit that. So does that scenario then limit you to just those two factions and then um kind of force you into like pigeonhole you into that i don't know you know charles what are your thoughts i mean don't get me wrong i would love to see scum in here but if we're going to just hammer into the cinematic accuracy um we didn't really officially like see scum represented in the star wars cinematic universe um, until JJ told me he isn't drafting any of you. <laughs> yes, because I'm not a team captain. But anyway, go on. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, you know, Scum wasn't really seen until uh, episode five, which is Empire Strikes Back, which is well after this. Uh, or, you know, maybe Django Fett, but Django was dead before this because Django died at the beginning of episode, I think the end of episode two or the beginning of episode three, uh, wherever the big scene with Mace Windu beheading him was. Yeah. And was that two attack yeah. of clones. Okay. So we really didn't have bounty hunter presence really for episode four for this entire battle. So I don't think they belong. Um, you definitely cannot do Republic cause this is well, well after the Republic is dead because they kind of become the Empire. There's no place for resistance or first order in this scenario. Um, so I think if you if you open the door for scum, then we've got to figure out how to make scenarios like this. But that's not to say that down the line we don't see a uh, you know like the Battle of Naboo, right? Where we get like a Republic versus CIS set or a um, I don't know where scum was prevalent in, you know, maybe, maybe we get a shadows of the empire, um, like Skyhook, And that's where they bring back the, uh, the star Viper. 
because that's really the only place that it ever existed is in the Shadows of the Empire series um, or book for that matter. But either way, you know what I mean? There's not very many scenarios where scum is going to fit. Um, so I would say that I would prefer uh, this to stay as pure as possible and stay rebel versus versus Empire. I think that's a good point, actually, Charles. I do. I kind of feel bad for I do now feel bad for scum. But, um, you know, I, 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 I guess that's a good point. And, and that would and maybe that's something they just weren't able to tell us. But like that makes a lot of sense if we could get two more scenarios that they've already planned out one for, you know, the resistance versus FO and one for separatists versus, um, you know, a Republic. And then the question I would say is maybe the fourth one that comes is where you can get, you get a scum only one that could be subbed in. If you want to play the multiverse Star Wars universe and you can sub in <laughs> in either pack and all the packs, a scum version list. Well, I mean, to any be of fair, this. you could you could potentially do a um, a solo style scenario because yes. solo is the entire movie is scum, right? We've yeah. got Maul and Kira and Solo and all of the different players. That is all scum. Um, we also have some stuff from like Rebels and Resistance that are scum based as well, with Cad Bane and things like that. And as JJ said, now we have Mando. Although to be fair, with the exception of a few like quick, you know, like pot shot fights and one like inter atmospheric fight, there's not really been a whole lot of interstellar dogfighting in the Mandalorian as of yet. So, um, and just to kind of clarify for that, so there are a couple of uh, like battle packs that they could make that would include scum versus another faction. Um, or at least as a third faction. One of them uh, particularly is the Battle of Adelon, uh, where the Mandalorian forces go and assault the the Empire um, from behind to try to free the Rebels from going out. Um, you could do that as a Scum versus Empire type uh, scenario there, um, or do it like as a Scum Rebels versus Empire, with Empire having a larger force, if you want to do like that kind of gameplay. Um, you can also do uh, the Battle of Exegol, uh, where there were definitely scum ships there, oh, very sure. visibly against the the First Order. Um, and the other one that I can think of as well, um, oh my gosh, it just escaped my mind. But anyway, um, there there are different like battles that they could do that could incorporate um, that could incorporate scum into um, into these kind of packs. Um, so I am kind of interested to see like what kind of standard um, loadouts or like standard um, pilots that they they come out with. Um, honestly, I'm some people are kind of upset that there's no like new ships that are coming out that AMG is putting out for this. For me, honestly, as a person who collects every single faction, every single ship. I'm okay with doing just card packs only because <laughs> um, uh, I, I do enjoy having like a variance, right? Like diversity is the spice. Yeah. Of I do enjoy so, that. So I it, agree with you and disagree be, with you. And, and just to clarify, not to be the only way going forward for X-Wing. I just want this as a okay. separate option um, from what we normally get from it. So, yeah. And it, I'm, it, I'm a little iffy on redoing existing pilots because I already hate having to guess which Poe I'm flying against. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate having to guess which version of what pilot I'm going to be against. So like, We all know that Rebel Fen, Sheet the Beep Fen, is not the best version of Fen. So, just then. 
which is hilarious that Charles <laughs> ran that in our event and then it sucked back then. But now, like, they're just like, hey, let's make Rebel Fen in, you know, this fucking attack shuttle. Just be here you go. <sighs> Crazy. All right. Well, cool. Thank you. I, I, again, I, I'm looking forward to it. I will say, JJ, if they do not announce any new that they're at least working on new uh, ships, I will be immensely disappointed. Flat out. Period. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, that has always been a quip of mine. Um, And as somebody who knows a playtester, we are officially at the end of the playtesting cycle that that person was involved with when they that switched. FFG ran, yeah. Yep. When they switched it over. So if they don't at least announce, yes, we are working on, and I don't, you don't have to tell me what it is. Just tell me you're working on it. And I'll tell you what. So this is my, this is, this is, this is my thing. Especially if you get AMG to watch this shit, if you are doing some sort of a high Republic or an old Republic, and you're going to bring a whole new fucking faction in. And the main reason that you all have not, um, like told us anything is because of that. Then, um, I'm okay with that at this point, right? Like at that point, if that's the case, if the reason that you're not doing it is because of this, then I guess at this point, um, I'll be excited when that new faction comes. So yeah, exactly. All right. So should we get into Kyber cup? Cause I'm kind of excited yeah. about Kyber cup. Not, not as much as you probably are. <laughs> Well, um, let's we. I think it's a shorter discussion to do the flight academy because it's only like so. Eight I'm, gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna ask no, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull rank here, I guess, and I, right. and there's a reason for it though. And when okay. we get to the statistics, there's a there's an actual reason for it. All right, let's um, do it. Okay. All right. So here we have, and I guess I have the graphic off. Is that what it is? All right, fix that. There we go. Now you can see it um, in all its glory. So what I did is I went and I took all of the lists that we had, right? I took all of the lists, the total number of players, total number of lists, total number of top cut, and I started to break them down. So I'll show you really what the, the main output is this graph right here, right? Um, and I'll explain the color coding in a few seconds. Um, but what I wanted to do is I want to review what percent of top cut they, they made, percent of total list that they had, um, and then kind of look at the difference between that. Then we're going to get into what's the difference in the faction top cut versus the faction list percentages, right? And then we're going to compare those differences and see where the lists come floating out. Now, Again, I will apologize. This is what I do for a living to some extent, right? Like I cut and dice statistics in different ways um, for different reasons. So I'll be honest with you. This is probably a little bit of an overkill, um, but this is this is Tanner. This is what I do. So um, and, and again, I do this shit for a living in the healthcare system. So um, anyway, so Kyber Cup essentially had uh, 241 players. Their top cut consisted of anybody that was um, four and one and better. So if you had one loss or one draw, you got into cut. 
We will look at the 5-0 and players. I will say the one caveat here that I have is that we had two different point setups. So the numbers are going to be a little skewed. And so when JJ, I say the reason I want to look at the difference between the two is because when we finish this, we are going to go into the Galactic, you know, Academy thing, right? That makes sense. And then we're going to look at the difference between the two because these Kyber Cup numbers are a little bit unbalanced because of the fact that we had a points change up halfway through. And I don't know how to dissect it because I did not save all the bloody lists and what everybody was at back then. I didn't yeah. even think about that. That would have been a good analysis to see where the two differences were. But anyway, so. All right. So we have, we have the total list here at 241 rebels comes in at 44 empire at 43 scum at 37. Only only 21 for resistance. 45 for First Order, which seemed to be popular. Republic is at 28 and 23 total Separatists. In the top cut, so basically four and one and better, you have nine Rebel, seven Empire, six Scum, three Resistance, eight First Order, seven Republic, and only two Separatists. So what then I did is I said, okay, hey, what's the total list percentage, right? So we have a total percent of all these different lists, correct? Yep. <clears throat> Sorry, my computer's loading in a second. Hold on. Okay, sorry. All right, now my computer's done being a boob. Um, so essentially, when we t look at the total percent of lists, that's they had 44 out of 241. So that's 18%. So if you look across the board, resistance and separatists are pretty low. Um, Republic, I think people changed. I could be wrong about that, but I think people changed factions, JJ. And, yeah. and I don't know, maybe you're closer to this than I am. But I yeah, think... There were definitely people who changed factions after the last points update because we were given the option uh, where we took a week off to come up with lists. Um, they, there was an incentive to still stay in the same faction, but there were definitely people who switched factions uh, from from two weeks ago. So, yeah. All right. So so th that's why th that's why I wanted to go through these first because these are a little bit skewed. Um, so separatists and resistance are the two low-end outliers. Now we look at percent of top cut, right? So that is essentially if you take the total number of top cut lists out of the total top cut. So Rebel comes in 3% higher. Empire, Scum, and Resistance are on the negative side. Uh, First Order comes out flat. Then we have, from there, we have the... Um, the Republic at 5% over and Separatists at negative 5%. Oh. So Separatists come in pretty low and Rebel come in pretty high. So if we look at a variance standard, those are the, the big variances that we have right there, right? Yeah, now it, I do find it interesting that Separatists came in lower. Um, 
for this melee, especially after the um, the change, because I believe that the Rogue Class Starfighter is a really solid platform. Um, just having the, ch the opportunity to play against it in a few rounds, um, particularly on the Separatists with the uh, with that version of Cat Bane. Um, I do think that there is a, a pretty high ceiling for that particular pilot, and I think that it would be enough to help improve um, the the meta for the Separatists in particular. But then again, it would only what two weeks in um so far um so i don't think that there's proper like a, a, a proper exposure to that particular chassis as of yet um but i do expect for separatists to to go up uh for that yep and i, I wouldn't be surprised but we'll we'll see because we're gonna look at the other numbers later the um, issue that i have with that jj just between you know just us um i think the reason and and call me out on this, Chris, because you're the the separatist player. When we look at chassis for chassis for chassis, rebel versus uh, separatist. Separatist is a lot of high agility but easy pop ships, right? Like you can one hit almost every ship that separatist has, with the exception of maybe like the bomber and the um, the, the belly rub. Right outside of that, they're all one shots. There is no like big tanky style ships. Whereas when we flip over to Rebel, there's not a Rebel ship that gets played with the exception of maybe a Z95, which let's be fair, nobody runs. There's not a Rebel ship that can get one shot. You can't one shot an X Wing without some very creative crit training. Um, you're not going to one shot a Y Wing or a B Wing or the Falcon. Like it takes considerable amounts of effort to get through one single ship. Whereas when you're flying a separatist list, in order to have the bodies that you need on the on the mat to stay functional, you can it's just like tie interceptors, right? When I play against John on his tie interceptor list, as long as I can swat a tie interceptor around, I'm keeping pace points wise, regardless of objectives. But the minute that it's the other way around and all of a sudden, like, now I can't swat ships out of the sky, I lose to Rebels every time with the exact same list and the exact same strategy because it's harder to kill Rebel ships than it is to kill Separatists or it is to kill Jedi or it is to kill anything that's a high agility, low health ship. Um, yeah. So I think right now, and this is why they were good in 1.0. We have removed the need for them to have half points again, which is exactly what it was in 1.0. That's why B-Wings and X-Wings were so strong and, and Y-Wings in 1.0 because there were no half points. And it took so much effort to chew through a ship that by the time you got done with it, they've eaten you alive or they've gotten enough objective points that they're not worried about the one ship that it took you three rounds to kill. You know, when you've nope. got a game that ends at round five, round six, three rounds to kill an X-Wing, you've already lost the game. I actually agree with Charles here in the aspect of in terms of cheap beef. And I think that's the discussion Charles is bringing to the table. It's cheap beef, right? Um, re, uh, uh, Separatist has zero cheap beef. Now, I will say that Empire is similar um, in the fact that Empire does not have cheap beef either. Correct. So th th when you look at your statistics, though. Yes, like, that's why at, they look at the lists that are making it and the lists that aren't. The only outlier there that I can see really is FO. And that's because FO doesn't have any cheap beef. But their yeah. their pilots that they do have are just 
really well really well balanced. But that's just, again, me. This is something that I've been saying since the beginning of scenario play is when you create a situation where more ships on the board equal better victories, um, you're leaning hard into the Rebels, you know, forte because that's what they do is lots of lots of ships with lots of ass that are low cost. Yep. Now, the second graph that I have right there <clears throat> is what I did is I said, okay, hey, now let's break down how many of my actual lists got into top cut. And again, this is going to be a little bit longer piece where when we get to the, the GSP thing, it'll go really quickly, right? Like this, that'll be a lot quicker. But the idea was is to say, okay, well, if my percent of top cut for, and I'll pick on rebels, my percent of top cut is 21%. I was 18% over the total list. That means technically I scored three points, right? Like I'm three points higher. But then I said, okay, well, what about my actual faction top cut, right? Versus the faction list. So like again, it's basically if I take nine out of 44, I only come in at 20%, which is a little bit lower, but I come in at 20% versus the 21% because my predict, and this is where my predictability, if I have X amount of lists, my predictability for my faction cut should be almost identical to my top cut percentage if it's a balanced faction. And that's where these statistics get a little bit uh, more unique. So, um, and I apologize for the 0% should be yellow and I'm dumb. Um, but here's where scum comes in at 2%. Resistance comes in at 7% over what they predict they would be predicted to be. And separatists come in at only 4%, but Republic comes in at 8%, right? So Republic goes up a little bit. Rebels definitely go down, which means we have more people flying rebels, right? Then, then we have, we have the skilled people getting in, but we don't have, like, it means it's harder to get the top cut wins. Whereas in scum, we're getting more top cut wins versus the, the percentage of that. Right. So does that make sense? I didn't lose anyone. Nope. Yep. yep. Okay, good. That's all, I'm sorry. And I just apologize because I don't know everybody's uh, background super well so then what i did is then i said okay well now let's do a combined ranking right so let's look at like what the difference between those two are rebels comes up one percent empire is negative one percent scum is neutral resistance comes out at three percent first order is neutral republic comes out seven percent and separatists are neutral so then I went ahead and ranked them all, right? And anything that, you know, and again, it's a very silly ranking, but, you know, if you think about it, the top faction is Republic. Republic, even after the Jedi nerfs, overperformed. Now, let me, let me, I'm going to clarify this to say, again, this is a mixed result tournament. We are going to look at this number, and I don't know if we want to do that before we look at lists. That's up to you guys how you want to do that. We can look at the percentages of the GSP thing and then kind of go into that and then compare the two and then look at all the lists or we could go lists and then come back to it. But the interesting thing here is Rebels does still come out 1% over and Empire comes out 1% down, but Resistance is up and Republic is insanely high compared to everybody else. So Republic still grossly outperforms that. And 
The only difference is, is that they had three rounds of old rules versus two rounds of new rules. Yeah, great. Um, I, I'm definitely interested in comparing the stats with what we saw so far from the two rounds for the GSP, just to compare um, the, um, like the, the performance. Okay, so you want me to... What you want me to do is now skip down and, and go back and let's look at the actual numbers for them, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So here we have again the flight club. Oh, did I, I skipped all of the flight club stuff. I'm silly. Sorry. I apologize. JJ set the document up wrong. Me? <laughs> we did originally. I didn't know how to move it all without. I didn't have enough time to move it all. All right. So here is a. And, and again, I will. I, I'm going to caveat this real quickly because in my line of work, there's a couple of things that that are we have to point out. One, this is two rounds versus five. That's a difference. Two, those the old numbers happen every week. These happen consistently next to each other. There's there is a difference. I don't care what anybody says. There is still technically a difference in um, being able to play five rounds in one day versus you know the over over the course of weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So so there is a little bit of a difference there. We don't know what that variation is, but I can tell you that there is a variation there. Um, so I just want to point that out. But we had a total of thirty nine players in the GSP tournament on Saturday. That means there was a top cut of eight. 18% of lists for Rebel, 15% of Empire, 28%. So Scum was highly represented. Um which I thought was that I thought that was interesting. Let me I'm gonna start there and say that's that's interesting. Resistance was five percent. First order was eight, five percent Republic and Separatists came in at twenty one percent. And this is this is no offense, JJ, but this is where Charles's point actually kind of hits home. Yeah. Um, like aggressively hits home. So um in top cut, rebels were 25%, Empire was 25, scum came in at 38%, which is again, that's just holy shit. Uh resistance yes. is 13%, yeah. and there was no representation from the other three. I will also caveat a secondary thing that this was done in America time. Right, so we we I don't know how many European players or Australian players or anything like that that we had, but I will say with a smaller number of players, this sample size is not a representation of the X-wing community. Yeah. Um. All right. So you can see the difference. Uh, obviously, uh, Separatist is the loser here. Um, Resistance comes in close, nine percent for Scum. Scum's obviously up. Uh, Empire is very high as well, obviously, uh, because of one specific ship only, which I'm going to have to eat crow, I'm sure, when I go to my locals tomorrow, um, <laughs> if they watch my show. I'm not going to say anything. We'll see if they actually watch my show. Um, so then what we did is we did base that, like, base, this is, again, the second rating is based on your predictive, you know, thing. Where were you predictive, right, you know, in your thing? So Rebels came in at 29%, so they were 4% better performing in their their segment empire was eight percent better 
Um, scum came in at 27% better. Resistance was 50%. So resist, and again, resistance had uh throws this off a little bit because it's too fucking <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> like they they do a little bit of a, a, a sham right there, right? Um yeah. you know, that that is, and then the other ones come in neutral, right? So when we take all the percentages and put them next to each other, Rebel comes out five percent higher. Empire comes in at nine percent higher. Scum levels itself out, um, which is what we saw in the uh, the other one. Resistance is twenty two percent higher. Resistance way overperformed, but again, that's they're a weird outlier. And then we have four, three, and ten percent for the lower factions. Now we got to scroll all the way to the bottom, and now we have the comparison between the two, right? Rebel. Comparatively, between the two, Rebel technically performed better, but they still came in ranked three overall. Empire, on the other hand, overperformed, and they came in number two, whereas they were number five before. So uh, we, so whatever the points balance is, we see the points balance demonstrate that Empire come in higher than they did before. Scum comes in at number four, identical. So Scum is is performing in the exact same thing as it had before. Resistance. Resistance has a higher combined ranking, but technically Resistance comes in at number one, and they came in at number two in Kyber Cup. So Resistance is actually overperforming over what people are predicting and over what, what, what it is, right? Interesting. Yeah. Is there a graph with ship counts? Um, so sorry, I'll, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. So the answer to Ferex 19 is I do not have a ship count, but that is um, if I could get these people to let me have metadata, I would 100% get you a ship count. And I I, I think that's a valid um, discussion point and valid discussion point by scenario. Um, so it is on my agenda uh, of things I would like to look at, but I'm not invited to this uh, X-Wing Elite community uh, that analyzes statistics yet. So if you have an in, uh, tell them, Tanner, this is what Tanner does for a living other places. So I would happily do this with X-Wing statistics for them. Um, all right. Anyway, sorry. Um, so resistance is a, it, it feels like a sleeper. Uh, First Order came in um, before at number four, but now it feels like they're underperforming in the other one. Republic comes in and feels like they are definitely underperforming, probably because of the nerf. Um, and then Separatist comes in at negative 10%. They are the last faction. So even after Separatist gets all this love, Separatist still comes in at a lower percentage. That's rough. Jeez. So, I know I talked a lot. I've spent a lot of time heavy like okay like i guess it didn't take me more than a couple hours to actually do all this stuff but um <laughs> yeah I, no, I, I i i gotta say i do find the statistics uh like really interesting so far now i um granted this is off of like the the limited information that we've received over the last two weeks from the points changes as well as the new uh pack and then these events that are happening uh currently um for for x-wing um, but uh, it, it's really interesting to see the the indications of where like where the meta is going so far based on these early predictions for what we have for the statistics on it. Um, I think that uh, that resistance um, 
overperforming by that much early on. That's that's actually pretty interesting so far to see. And I, and I was just trying to scratch my brain to see like what kind of lists I've seen for um, for for resistance and then everything that I keep going back to is either like four X wings or like a mix and match of like the Y wings. Um, I have a list with uh, with three Y wings and Pod and uh, and Chewy. Um, that seemed pretty interesting as well. So uh, I, I think that there's a lot more to see in the resistance faction um, that that people haven't tried out as of yet um, because it's easy to see, um, uh, you know, the the lore of the rebels and the uh, and resistance with their ships. But yeah, Charles, what are your thoughts? Like you've been very quiet, and you you're in a, you, you're you're a spreadsheet guy too. Like I'm not the only spreadsheet guy, and I know Charles has uh some some sort of analytics background a little yeah, bit yeah i do and it's just none of this is surprising at, at least to me like again we're we're in a meta situation right now where more ships equals more more victory right that's just that's the way that i look at it and whether it's right or wrong that's i i have not been disproved by data the factions that have the cheapest way to get beef are the factions that are doing the best. The only one that surprised me, I'll be honest, was Scum um, at 27%. Um, that kind of blew my mind because I'm just used to... Or wait, no, that's not Scum. That's Resistance. Disregard. <laughs> so, no, there was no surprises. I apologize. No, there was no surprises. I wish that... It was a more level meta, but again, I have to be realistic, right? I, I want to exist in a gaming world where it comes down to, and I'm going to quote Top Gun, right? It's it's not the the it's not the plane, it's the pilot in the box, right? Yes, the people that design the plane set the the metrics for it and what it can do, but the person sitting in the cockpit knows what it's fully capable of. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just not the case with X-wing. You can't take a TIE fighter, a Trade Federation droid, a M3A, an X-Wing, you know, the base level ship for each faction, you can't run them straight across the board and have an equal play experience with every one of the ships. It's just it's just not possible, right? There's always every shift of the meta is going to bring a new list to rise. It's just how it's going to work, right? Yes. Can you get around it? Sure. Um, can you work a list that is an outlier and do well with it? Sure. Is it going to be consistent? No. But you can show up to a tournament with a list that nobody's ever seen and go ridiculous. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll use an example from 2.0. I went to Amsterdam. I came back with um, three fangs, two M3As, and a mining guild tie. And I tore through our local here using that list every time. No one could figure out what to do with it. No one could really... You know what I mean? Once once the meta began to shift during that time, it eventually like started to lose. But at the beginning, where no one was running three fangs with a smattering of other ships and in two separate formations, people didn't know how to react to it. So yes, there's always going to be outliers that kind of set things off a little bit. But ultimately, the cream rises, right? The people that put the effort into putting in the reps... The people that are running the numbers, theory crafting, doing what they can to build the most strategically acceptable lists are doing well, right? My outlier, my three big ship list does really well 
until someone figures out how to just blast one of them off the board and focus fire, and then I'm down to two, and then I have no hope. As long as I can keep people focused on spreading damage across three big base ships, I'll win every time. It's a war of attrition that I will win because I do more damage single target than you. But the minute someone turns and points all their guns at one ship and goes, hey, Bosk, I really don't like you. And you have <laughs> no evasion dice, so I'm just going to shoot you off the board now. Like, there's nothing I can do about that, and that list crumbles. But as long as I can do the best I can to avoid that from happening, then it's not terrible. But none of this is really surprising to me that the ships that have the better beef and the better ship counts um, are, are doing well. I would like to see it more level across the board, but that's just not how meta works. If that was the case then there would be no power shift in Magic the Gathering. There would be no power shift from Legion. There'd be no power shift in Destiny. There's always going to be people that find ways to use certain abilities to a way that maybe either they were intended or weren't intended uh, to give them a, a leg up in battle. And there's always going to be people like me that fly what they find to be fun with regardless of the outcome. So I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with it a little bit, mainly because I still think that um, two point five is still is still being, at, at least with the current points um, like that we have right now, the points change. I still think that there's still a lot of combos, and um, and pilots or, or not pilots uh, like lists that haven't had enough time to really um, had a chance to like fully be explored and used. And I think that's what we're starting to see, um, especially with the last wave of bands with like trajectory simulator um, and auto blasters. Now uh, people have to like consider other options here. The, one of the biggest things that we've seen in the shift was the the increased use of uh, proton torpedoes, um, specifically in the rebel faction, uh, where people are now using that as like hammerless to go against other stuff. And that counter to that uh, would be uh, ships that can either negate the use of target locks either through jam or limit it with like um, another rebel ship like Vampire Yarro. Um, but uh, they're there, it, it creates like different avenues for players to discover new things that we just haven't seen it as of yet. And I think that with um, by the time next weekend comes around, where we see our first Galaxies event here for Gold Squadron, um, I think that we're going to see a, a, a big difference in what was previously in like from what we saw at Adepticon. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, I think. <clears throat> yep, and and I agree. I, I I I I will tell you. To me, the surprising thing is um, is the resistance piece no matter what they're doing better than they should be than what we've given them credit for. So either that means there's a unique set of resistance players that are only flying resistance and doing really well, or resistance has more legs than not. I will tell you the flight club gives me hope for scum though. What that means is that if you know how to fly scum, you're going to win. Um, but a lot of people fly scum and that's why their rating kind of goes neutral. And that's only because they're fun to fly right like i won't lie and say that it is fun to put boba the fuck up on the table period like i just i insanely love being able to put boba on the table um actually i like it more than i like putting darth vader defender on the table um even for all the lulls that i get you know for that i still think I, for some reason people hate boba less than they hate vader so like 
Like maybe it's a one point thing, but Boba had his timeout when they they nerfed his uh, his crew slot. So now he's coming back. He's like, "Hey guys, uh, all right, nobody hates me anymore. I'm all right." Yeah, I think it's a lot. It's a lot like having kids. Like it, if there, if you forget what it's like to have a newborn because your kid is like six or seven, you start to go, "Oh, it'd be nice to have a newborn again." And then you have a newborn, and you go, what "The fuck was I thinking?" Like Boba's no different. Like everybody hated Boba, and then he went away for a while, and everybody's like, "You know what? Maybe Boba wasn't as bad as we thought he was." And then Boba comes back, and everybody will eventually go, "Yeah, you know what? He was." Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go through lists now. But here's the deal, JJ. So I'm going to make a deal with you because you love to read every upgrade on every card. And we're not going to do that today. Like, I don't if there is a standout upgrade that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that is on one of these ships. Then tell us other than that, do not read. Please do not read every upgrade because we will have another hour and I don't have an hour. I want to do a spoiler cast tonight and I uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi and I do not have another hour. And I guarantee you, Charles is texting me right now saying you better make sure JJ doesn't read every fucking upgrade on here. That's not what I'm doing, but awesome. JJ, you read JJ, you listen to your ancestors. You read whatever upgrades you want to read. Oh, you're killing me. Son. You're a you're a Giants fan. We're used to you sucking up time, so Oh. Wow. Wow. oh. Yep. So, all right. So, we're going to go through JJ wanted to go through Flight Club first. So, we're going to go through the fuel list for Flight Club that we're going to go through first. Uh, for it. So go ahead, have at it, JJ. You can have first crack at it. Sure. So the first one here, Sean Oakley, uh, he was the top uh, 2-0 player here. Uh, he was flying Rebel List with Wedge, Luke, Dudge, and Fenrau uh, in the Sheath of Bead uh, class shuttle and uh, standard loadout that you see across the board. Um, the one thing that was interesting was actually seeing Fenrau in the Sheath of Bead with Swarm Tactics and Tristan Wren. Um, which is a, a really interesting way to load him out. So uh, he would swarm Dutch up to an I-6, uh, giving him that shot with the plasma torpedo. And if it connects, it, it brings down that extra shield that you need. And then that proton torpedo shots from Wedge and Luke are that much more devastating. Um, and what's even better is Tristan Wren allows for an additional reroll uh, for a, a missile attack or like a uh, an ordinance yep. attack. And uh, so if you only need a single reroll, it's basically giving all these ships FCS so that way they don't have to spend their locks and they can continue to shoot um, uh, turn after turn. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Charles, you want to take the next one or? Sure. Colton. Two seconds here. I'm getting into the, into the dock. I apologize. Because I will the say there dock. is a unique Y-Wing on there. I've no, I don't even know what that Y-Wing uh, is. Colton Grigsby? Yeah. Got it. All right. So Colton Grigsby running Scum and Villainy. He's got Bosk in the YV-666 with Notorious, Quill, uh, Perceptive, Greedo, Contraband, and Ablative. This seems pretty normal for yeah. Bosk. Um, I don't like Quill, but I see the utility. Um I have not had the opportunity to run Cad Bane yet, um, but Cad Bane with HLC uh, jamming beam, I'm assuming just because it's zero, zero points, uh, Daredevil, Electrotraff missiles, Contraband, Engine Upgrade, Zuckus, and... The title. Oh, the title. I'm like, what is yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Lena Kai in the BTLA uh, with the Typhron Belly Run, Dorsal Turret and Proton Torps, and then Sarisu rounding it out with Proton Torpedoes. Uh, I am not 100% on what Lena Kai's ability is. I don't really run oh. a whole lot of scum Y-wings, so I'm going to refer to JJ on this. Yeah. So she's an I-5 uh, pilot that came in with the, the last pack that came with the two Y-wings and the... Um, the Fugitives and Collaborators pack. Her ability, basically, she has you in her front half, and she's outside of your front arc. Um, she gets a free target lock at the start of engagement. Um, so she's a really good ship to um, to fly past people um, at an angle, get that free lock, get a shot off, and not take any shots back, uh, which is really good for a Y-Wing. So, yeah. All right. Next one is Ben Lorking, and he's running Vader with... Clusters, Malice, Juke, and Wampa, Valen, two ISB Jingoists, and Ident. So I'll be honest to tell you, this is probably the standard setup that we're seeing um, with all uh, with, with ties and Defender Vader. So I'm not going to go into it anymore. I will tell you, Cluster Missiles I thought was unique until I saw what it did, and then I decided that um, HLC can literally just burn in hell. Like, seriously, there is zero reason to run HLC when you can run cluster missiles. Cluster. Like, I feel very ashamed I did not figure that out. Like, seriously. Especially because I ran cluster missiles on everything. <laughs> but like, the last, like, how many times? I just never thought about putting it on Vader. But yeah, oh, oh, you can spend all your force and get it back, hopefully. Yeah, okay. Kenneth Scherer is the next one. Yep, so he's running non-lum in the world-class Starfighter uh, with Swarm Tactics, Protons, uh, Rockets, and Cannons, and Munitions Failsafe uh, Cabo in the B-Wing uh, with Proton Rockets, which, uh, side note, if you manage to get a shot off with Cabo and Proton Rockets, that is a six-die attack. Uh, so that is really, really good. Um, he has the Mandalorian there with Sabajo Press as a crew, uh, which is really interesting there for the Mando. And then Bosk um, with the, the the Z95 version with Predator Marksmanship and Cluster Missiles as well. Um, probably trying to get off the double um, the double shot, uh, hopefully trying to trigger the Marksmanship and crit combo twice. Um, really interesting that he's able to fit all those ships there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a really solid list, actually. And going 2-0, that's, uh, that's a, a good beat. I uh, really like this list a lot. Yeah, I'll say the only thing I don't like about it is Cavill. But that's just, that's just, and maybe I'm a Charles. Like, I, I would, that's a five-point Y-Wing I could sub out for another five-point ship, I guess. Like, that's Cad Bane. I could put Cad Bane in there. I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's, Still, I mean, a, a six die proton rocket that that could be pretty good. Sure, with the ship that can, do. you have to line it up against lower. I nope, sorry, I'm done. No, I just, I, I don't know. At I five, and you get a focus from Savage Press. You get a, a double modded um, rocket shot with false transponder codes jamming you. I mean, I, that's it's a pretty big punch. It really is. So. Look, all I'm gonna say is that the proof is in the pudding, and he made a cut with this. So, well, he went maybe. two and zero. Oh. He went two and zero. Oh, he went two and zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah. These are all two and zero oh lists. These are all two and zero. Oh. oh, never mind. He didn't make cut. Then Cavill's trash. Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. The next list that we have, Darth Vader himself, Hayden, 
uh, running a galactic empire list. With, wow, uh, really? Dark Vader. Get <laughs> out now. Just get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, the only difference uh, variation on this one here is that he went with Wampa with Disciplines and Valen Ruder with Marksmanship, and he was actually the second, um, the second matchup that they had on the stream there, uh, where they jousted against a CIS list. Uh, it was pretty interesting, but Vader basically killed one <laughs> Vulture with every single shot. Cluster, of cluster yep. missiles, which it was, was horrible. Ridiculous. It was yeah. disgusting. I, yeah. I. That's 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 when I finally said they're gonna hate me. They're gonna hate me at my locals tomorrow because of the <laughs> red cluster missiles. Um, Iden's different too, though. By the way, Iden's oh, yeah, a procketing okay. Iden. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's huge. Just so you know, that's a, that's a huge difference. I think I like the iron cannon, but for this type of a list, this list is saying, oh, "No, no, no! I'm gonna go for extreme murder, and that's it." Yeah, absolutely. That's all it's doing. Um, though I will tell, okay, so I gotta, I'm going to make a comment here and this is nothing against a separatist player, but there was three mistakes that that separatist player made that swung the game in empire's favor. No questions asked. And again, yes, I know I'm sidelining here. Like I'm the guy on the sidelines saying I would do it, but I run separatists and I make a lot of mistakes too. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm not the greatest player, but I watched that. I was like Vader for Kane. Why'd you why'd you let Vader Vader 4K? You're you're a vulture. You you know better than that. And taking Seer out of the fight in the process. <laughs> yeah, and well, yeah. Why did yeah? Why is Seer on the top of the board? Oh, okay. Bye-bye. You know, like I, I get you don't want to lose Seer. I get that. I a hundred percent understand why you to some extent would do that. But you they went they prioritize, they they brought a alpha strike list. With separatists and then like prioritize the 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 stupid mission points and anyway let's whatever move it on yeah I still don't think you kill Vader but they took enough ties off the board <laughs> I'm sorry like yeah they yeah. took so many ties off the board like you could have taken two more ties off the board yeah you lost two but you lost two because you let Vader freaking mm, juke you yeah. like twice yeah. Mm -hmm. Cluster Vader needs to lose. I'm telling you right now, Vader needs to lose his missile slot. Period. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm okay with him with a cannon. That's fine. But yeah, he's got to lose the cluster missiles. Uh, yep. it's, it's really bad with Juke and Malice. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully nobody in my local is watching this because tomorrow they're going to hate me. All right. Next one. <laughs> Levi. JJ, you can have this shit list. Because nobody else <laughs> wants to talk about it. So this is the double tapping B wings with uh, Cassian Andor support in the UT sixty D, um, and then Ahsoka Tano uh, with Juke and Brilliant Innovation uh, with Mac Pulse Warheads. Uh, really a good way to get the uh, the B wings to keep time on target. Um, Braylon absolutely loves having Cassian, so that way he can turn around wherever he needs to. Uh, but yeah, these B wings uh, with uh, with HLC and crack shot on Braylon and Tenum with HLC and tractor beam. Um, you can tractor beam first with Tenum and then uh, get an HLC shot if you tractor them into the bullseye range. Uh, really, really good. And then follow up with Braylon and do the same thing. It's it's a really a really hard hitting list um, if it if it all works out. So yeah. So Wait, this double tap B wings are good. Who knew? Yeah, yeah, even without trajectory simulator. Yeah. yeah. At least we could say this is a little bit more of an honest setup. This still feels a little scummy. Yeah. How about that? 
It still feels yeah, those trajectory like simulator B wings. Only an asshole would run those. I don't know yeah. anybody that's that desperate for a win. Only people that wear giants hats. It seems like fair. <laughs> All right, Charles, you want the next one? You can uh, the pick. resistance one. You can. I'll, pick I'll wait. I'll wait and go over the shitty scum list that I see over here. <laughs> All right. So Eric Garshall is running a resistance list, one of the two in the whole tournament, with Zori Bliss, um, and she is a uh, standard loadout. Uh, Kaz with Notorious uh, Shield Upgrade and his the Fireball, which I thought was a little bit uh, spicy with that Shield Upgrade there because you can run missiles on them, and I like that better typically, but um, I understand the logic in this. Uh, and Poe with Swarm Tactics, uh, probably, which is my assumption is to bring... Zori up to the similar um the similar initiative and then Covenel, which I'm very excited to see because that's one of my favorite ships in resistance with Leia R4 and Heroic. Um so nothing super special about this. I will say Kaz is pretty unique, but um yeah. I I like this uh resistance list. Um I, I it's it's very weird though how they fly because you have very slow ships and maybe they just fly like a rebel list, I guess, then. Very slow. So, all right, Charles, you can have the next list from the lucky person that lucked out um, and happened to just one-shot Fen in a round, but didn't yeah. really actually put the work in to have a good list. <laughs> so I will start by just saying this is this is the, the Boba. I, I do like this Boba build. Um, I like Notorious on it. Everything else is is pretty much the the standard boba loadout would you agree jj that that's pretty pretty standard for boba yeah all right Absolutely. where where this kind of goes off the rails a little bit and i'm honestly pissed that i never thought about doing this is taking the kira trick shot uh mindset that we would normally run on the scum falcon with han so that you get the extra die there uh and sticking that on a front back arc fire spray that can drop bombs um Throwing in Drasta on there so you get a second set of bombs so that you can run proxies and clusters. The two largest pieces of cardboard to ever hit the hit the board. It's it's really good. Uh, and especially with Eamon's ability to drop on a hard three. Oh, like yeah. that's just ridiculous. It's like trajectory simulator, but in a fire spray. It's and it's always out the back, but to be fair, it's the same as the front. There's there's no difference. Yeah. Um, I do like Kanan and the Hawk uh, with Compassion and Ashoka. Um, just, I assume, using the Force to try and keep the Fire Sprays alive and just keeping him yeah. out of the fight as long as possible. Keeping him in range of the Fire Sprays, but out of range of everybody else as your support ship. Um, all in all, I really like this list. Um, I may or may not be stealing this list. Um, I, I really, really enjoy dual Fire Sprays. I ran dual Fire Sprays at LVO. Um, and so being able to throw because at LVO you couldn't fit more than two fire sprays on a list like that you were fat enough that there was no room for else yeah. so having a support ship with two fire sprays two fire sprays are already busted and too strong anyway you give me the ability to have a support ship in there and I'm uh I'm in 100% I think this is a really well crafted list JJ so uh congrats to you on that my friend even if you are a Giants fan <laughs> Yeah, I got to say uh, the Ahsoka Tano ability I actually used on both of my games and it actually came in uh, really, really handy because 
essentially what it does is I, I the way I play both of my games is that I had Eamon and Kanan in the center and then Boba as my flanker to come in um, from the edges. And um, I would keep Kanan towards the back of the board to like claim those objectives or con contest the objectives that are towards the back of the board and keep my arc pointed at Iman. And what I could do is that I can uh, like bank in my Kanan to make sure that the rear half um, would, uh, would go towards Iman so I can give that red focus to Iman to start off. And the previous turn, I would have had a obstacle already locked with Iman so that way he could just land on it. Um, he can either reinforce if there's a large amount of enemies coming towards him, which actually, um, that's it actually was very, very critical for my first game that I had. Um, Iman took a total of one damage off of five shots for my first game, and um, he uh, he he was able to um, get in, draw in everybody that I needed to, get some damage off against a couple of vultures. Then uh, I had my choice of which way I wanted to turn, and then I could start bombing away. And as they're trying to avoid that, they run right into Boba, and Boba comes in and starts doing the cleanup uh, from there. So that uh, that really helped uh, to to help control my opponents where they're going to go because i'm offering up the weaker iman versus boba who's a little more tanky um once he gets up close um but uh they uh, it's basically making my opponent choose um like have a tough choice of who they want to go against so for your opening position because i didn't watch any of your games do you always boba left iman right or i mean like just left right side with uh kanan in the middle to force your opponent to yeah. choose which one they're going to go at Eamon towards the center, um, Boba on one of the edges, and then Kanan on the opposite uh, middle edge, basically. Um, so that way he can hard to in and, and just basically go parallel along the edge of the board and turn as he needs to to allow Eamon to come around. So. Fair enough. Well done, my friend. Well done. So you, you put Eamon in the center? That's what you're yeah. saying? And mm -hmm. Boba on the left and Kanan on the right? Yeah, to the so uh, the opposite side of wherever Boba is, I would keep Kanan on that side. That's how I do it. What do you just point your arc to the right or to the left, yeah. and then fly on the side? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, just to make sure that he wasn't bumped um, or like had the possibility of being bumped in, in case somebody decided to go fast and try to chase him down. So yeah. All right, let's go through Kyber Cup. So I broke down and we have five, five and oh, basically anybody that went five and oh, and then we have four and one in oh, which is four in a draw. And then we have four in a loss and we pick random ones through. I picked random ones based on that. So there's probably a bias, um, especially because there's a, a co-host here that should not have made it because he had used trajectory <laughs> B wings. <laughs> Such a hey, I did it for the community. You didn't do shit. Yo, for whatever for the community. They needed to get ass. banned, and I I successfully got them banned. I did. Oh, is that what I'm we're doing? Together. You you took yes. one for the team. So stop yes. running Boba Eamon, dumbass, because I don't want that banned. <laughs> I actually that was the first list I ever played other than Empires. So don't do that because so, I actually would run that. So you're saying I should run Defender Vader to get it banned? Yes. Yes. And no. 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 Don't. I like Defender Vader. No. Right. Anyway, let's 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 keep moving because we're at yeah an hour yeah. forty. So let's all right. Go. So five and zero. Oh, so I and again, the preface it is we don't need to read every bloody upgrade. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
if, if you find something unique, um, let it be said. Who wants? Yeah. Charles, you get the first one. Nope, Charles gets the first. No, okay. oh, you're right. Charles just did the other one, so you can have the first yeah, first good. order one. Alexander Oler. is yours. Yeah, yeah. Alexander Oler. Uh, I believe he's actually the brother of Andrew Oler, who's a, a really good uh, X-wing player. But yeah, the Oler brothers really good. Uh, first order uh, running Ember, Scorch, Malaris in the FO fighter, um, and Kylo Ren and Gideon Hask in the Sheesh class shuttle. Um, really interesting to see the re the resurgence of Agent Tarek's crew, uh, just giving out those calculates on the sea shuttle to help uh, give those mods out to the other ships. Uh, but other than that, yep, yeah, pretty standard. All right, the next one is Sandy. They ran Rebel Alliance with Fen Rao um, with Elusive Jen Urso, which I thought was extremely like I don't even under like someone's gonna have to explain how that that works. Because you're passing off just a free evade. And like uh, the other version that we've seen seems better, but Sandy has done very well. They have won every game I've ever watched them play with this. Like every game. Like, um, and they have Harrison Dula with Prockets um, and Wedge with Protons, which we all know. And um, the best part about this is they have the munitions failsafe, which. I think should just be a staple if you're running proton torpedoes for the pure fact that you know how many times I've watched a double modded proton torpedo shot do two damage. Yep. That's it. Or blank out completely. Or or yep. blank out. Yep. Just and Bodica in the Fang Fighter, which is what I have been running. That's the Rebel list. I, this is not the Rebel list I've been running, but it's close. I have been running Bodica in the Fang Fighter because I think it's fun. I just love that ship so much, like a lot. Charles, All right, man. Charles Nicholas God. So first and foremost, I just would like to point out that Nicholas God finds a way to make wacky scum shit work. <laughs> yes, like Every like time. the God shot list that on paper, like people look at it like, why would you fly this? He flies it like with razor precision. So I'm super hyped because this is a list that, like. These three pilots don't really see a whole lot of table play, but we've got two medium base ships, one large base ship running Q90 in the Razor Crest. Um, super interested for like basically all crew ship, right? I know Babu Freak is not crew. I know that he's uh, illicit, and I know Greedo's a gunner, but it's essentially just a party bus. Uh, a much smaller party bus because you've got Mando, the child, Greedo, and Babu Freak with the Razor Crest title. Uh, Dengar in the toilet seat, uh, running Notorious with Plasma <coughs> Corps, HLC. Um, I would say this is kind of normal. Um, I assume they're running Baby Boba because Big Boba was banned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Casca Frost in the fire spray with Marauder and Veteran Tail Gunner because holy crap, she needs more stuff out of her rear arc. Um, yeah. But running, you know, HLC and Ashoka. I, much like your list, JJ, I like this because it's an outlier. You don't see a whole lot of any of these pilots anywhere right now. Um, so again, like I said, you get someone that can put together a solid list with some outlier ships that people aren't used to seeing. Uh, and they can run that dark horse route. So mm -hmm. the, only the only thing I'm weird... upset about is trying to build this in launch bay. Uh, Notorious doesn't exist as a uh, talent slot, so I can't yeah. build it out. 
The weird thing I think about this is you don't see L337, which that's seems exactly, to be like the staple for Q9. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, like no, okay. no L3. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how this person is doing it other than they're like, you get two churns with Q9 before Babu Fink like gives you your stress back. I, I don't know. I'm insanely confused. Other than that, I think this is, I, I do agree. I think this is a really fun list. So, yeah. So next up here, we have Charles Holcomb, uh, the Pink Panther himself, uh, playing the Galactic Republic here. Uh, he has Ahsoka in the Delta 7 uh, with uh, Anakin in the N1 Baby Annie uh, with passive sensors and proton torpedo variant. Click here in the B-Wing, uh, Mace Windu in the Delta 7, and Luminara with uh, Brilliant Invasion R4P. Uh, so I, we see here a Republic list that actually does not have a support ship in the lat here. Uh, we basically have five Jedis, basically. Um, click being not one of them, but yeah, um, doing what? very well. They're going five and now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I immediately added my statement as soon yep. as I said that. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> um, so I will tell you, <clears throat> the click is your support ship, though. Just so you know, yeah, click yeah. just click with is, the ability, yeah, with yeah. the R three, yeah. Click is saying baby Annie can come in and hit you with a proton torpedo, and then get in closer, get a three dice shot, and then run away. Like that's that's what this is. I I guess I haven't watched it, but click click is amazing. I think click is underrated. I use click when I had my Republic list, and click was the money and always the first thing that people wanted to kill. So. Every time I, I do like the use of ion bombs versus like upgrading up to a proton bomb and sacrificing marksmanship, but ion just gives you that control, even with the new um the new up ion rules. It's still it's still good. Yep. All right. The next one, a little bit different than I run, but kind of similar. We have Midnight in the TIFO, which again I think people sleep on Midnight with Fanatical and Magpulse. And then we have Von Reg with Deuterium power cells like that's crazy mm -hmm. i've never seen that before and shield upgrade and daredevil um because of course why not with von reg um kylo with proton torpedoes because everybody's running it and malice um the first question i have is why are you not running shattering shot instead uh with that because then that would be a five dice uh, torpedo and you would get a marksmanship talent if you wanted it um uh, and then you have Malaris in the TIFO, which is my favorite TIFO. And oh, by the way, they gave Malaris an extra point, so you can now run fanatical. fanatical. Like, like, oh, if it wasn't good enough before, we're gonna give you fanatical. Like, come on, like who thought that was a good? Who thought that's a bad? It goes against what I said in the chat, but that was a that's a bad. Do not give do not give Malaris any more points, please. Stop doing that. Like next thing you know, they're gonna get two points and you can run predator <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> oh my god stop doing it um all right next one is sasha charles uh so with sasha wagner uh running cad bane um there's a lot of different cad bane builds uh which speaks to the versatility of the ship but hlc ion title zuckus and proxy mines Bosk in the Z, like I, mean, I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit saying that together. Um, Bosk <laughs> in the Z95 headhunter, apparently. 
uh, with overtuned concussion missiles, dead eye shot, and marksmanship. That's a that's a little bit of an outlier for me. I'm excited to see how that turned out. Uh, running Paylob in the Hawk and Dengar in the toilet seat. I mean, that looks to be pretty close to the same Dengar that uh, Nicholas was running. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty reasonably close. Um, or no, not Nicholas, uh, that you were running, JJ. Uh, no, you didn't. No, I don't it know. Was, no, it was Nicholas. Was, was it was Nicholas? Nicholas? Okay. Yeah, Nicholas yep. was running. Yeah. So it's pretty close to what Nicholas was running, which seems to be a pretty solid build. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yep. All right. The last one is my friend Sean from my local group. And I'm going to take this one because uh, it's my local. He's in. Huh? Bruce Squadron. Yep. Yep. He is running Warthog with uh, in the new Z95, which I think people are sleeping on those Z95s. Um, but he's running Warthog with elusive FCS, which is crazy. Crazy on a, a, a Z95. Sync console, concussion missiles. Then Oddball with Plasmas, Ursaren, and Sync console, which Again, we're seeing that this is a very this is unique oddball in a Y wing. Who would have thought? Uh, the Hawk with saturation <laughs> salvo, um, rockets or I'm sorry, barrage rockets, knight uh, owl commanders, and electronic baffle. Then Obi One with brilliant vision, crack shot, and CLT, and then Contrail because now Contrail is one more point. But oh, by the way, he gets crack shot. Shield upgrade and Besh. So, like, Merry Christmas. And But guess what? The best part is Contrail's an I-5, so Contrail could just pass that target log off when it doesn't need it. So, oh, you rolled two hits? No problem. Have a free target lock, one of my other ships. I mean, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like, Contrail getting more, getting points on Contrail just made, like, Contrail 100% worth taking in any list. All right, so now we have three lists. So that was seven lists in the top five and O's. We have three lists that had draws. And JJ, you want to grab the first one? Yep, first one here is Vincent Margato and the Rebel Alliance flying Chewy in the uh, Falcon uh, with Notorious, uh, Chopper, Lando, Bistan, and Contraband Cybernetics. Uh, pretty good loadout mm. for Chewy being uh, the lower I-4. Uh, he can still do a lot of work here, just uh, shooting out the side over there and Chopper just giving him that extra action uh, when he bumps. Uh, so that's actually pretty good there. Um, and besides that, we see a K2SO carrier with Ezra, Callus uh, and the DCX, a big, big hitter here with those four dice. And then uh, uh, Iron Kraken in the Z95, uh, just getting those uh, those shots off. Uh, really solid list. This is definitely a kill list. That uh, this is a list that you're going to send out to go get, get some um, some ships dead. It's a lot of beef. How much is Bistan worth? Uh, Ten points, I believe. Still. All right. So Bistan should immediately go up to eleven because that's what Sam's worth. I will tell you, I like this list because uh, of Callus. will give you a target lock. Eight points, actually. Eight points. Okay. I think it should go up to 11 or 10. I'll take 10. Tell me on 10. Tell me on 10. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I will say I like Callus, though. 
Um, and so you're putting two really big base ships in, in a list, one that's a double tap and one that has a four to five dice cannon. That's, that's pretty good. Like, I think, I think that's pretty good. Like, I think again, this is a unique list and, and I like this a lot. Yeah. I got to say the combo with the child and Magma Yaro on, on Callus. Um, you're giving your opponent that target lock, which they can only re-roll, uh, or uh, if they do roll uh, or spend the lock, you're actually giving Callus agility to roll, and then he gets a target lock on you for attacking him with that. So it's actually a really interesting list. I like it. Yep. Uh, the next one is an Empire list, uh, which is ironic because this is almost the same list I ran Um this last week was Vader and Rexler Brath with uh, an ISB and Valen. Um, the difference is I ran two ISBs and everybody got pissed off because I won at the last second because <laughs> Vader came in and just happened to nuke something. And now I feel if I just had put Juke, Malice, and Clusters on him, I would have 100% won even faster. <laughs> like I feel I could have taken my wedge off the board. And my Ahsoka off the board in one churn, and I just would have felt better. So, yeah. Charles, you want to run down Crispy's list? Crispy's the last one in the four and one draws. So, Crispy running uh, Kylo, Commander Malaris, Scorch Dread, and Grudge. Uh, I do like seeing the bomber represented here. Uh, it kind of makes me happy to see that. Um, I don't see, I'm not a huge FO player, but from what I've seen for builds, I don't see a whole lot of outliers with each one of these ships as far as how they're being built. Um, do you see anything, Chris or JJ? Because for me, uh, these all seem pretty pretty run-of-the-mill. Yeah, not really. Um, concussion Missiles is a little bit different on the Kylo. You could run um, the Clusters instead, but other than that, really, this is this is... Pretty standard. I don't like the Scorch include personally, but that's just my opinion. Like I'm not a Scorch fan, uh, fan so, at all. Um, I th what he's going for here is just making sure that he has at least three ships that can shoot uh, three die attacks reliably. Um, the reason why I would uh, agree with Crispy with concussion missiles versus like clusters is that uh, with shattering shot, if you're pointing yourself towards an obstacle, you have a better chance of hitting a ship at range three through an obstruction with concussions and have uh, enough space to maneuver out of it and make sure that uh, that you're not putting yourself out of the way like in a bind. Uh, to um, to still keep time on target with other ships there. Um, same thing with Scorch. He's another three die gun attack. He's very cheap, but he's a three three attack. And if he uh, if he hits you hard, he's he's gonna do some damage there. And if you decide to kill him, you've only gotten three points in return. Um, yeah. So that is really really good there. And yep. uh, and shattering shot combined there with the um, uh, with the chaff missiles from Dread, and uh, it's it's really easy to trigger that pretty easily. So, and and that's why I would feel that the personally I would feel that the cluster missiles would be more more easier, and that's only because you're running Kylo behind behind the bombers because they're fast. They could be faster than Kylo. Yeah, that's all. Like mm -hmm. again, I don't disagree. Like concussion I, again, it's just a flavor of of who who runs it, right? You know, like I think that's the only difference. I, I really actually like this list. Um, again, other than Scorch, I would I just I would find a different FO. I would not run Scorch, but it's just <laughs> just me personally. I hate Scorch with a passion. I don't know why. I just do not like them. All right, 
Now we're in the four and ones. Um, and again, there was a total of 32 lists. We're only going to do notable mentions. Um, and if you're a Republic player who happened to have it, the only reason you got in is because you had Z95s. Other than that, you <laughs> ain't going to make the cut because I don't care. Because screw Republic. Um, even though I own a bunch of Republic stuff. No offense, Charles. But <laughs> Charles, you want to take the first one for Garrett Just? Oh, you mean a Republic list that we're not going to go over? No, I'm just kidding. No, um, we are. I put it in there. I put it. I put it 100%. Uh, put it in so there. running Anakin in the Delta 7B, uh, Oddball, Contrail, and then Killer and Stub in the Z95s. I like it. Um, I mean, he went 4 0 with a tie. So, I mean, you can't really I lost. complain. One loss. Oh, a loss? Excuse the, me. The zero is, uh, is the tie. Is the one is the tie. Got it. All right, losses. Got it. All right. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about the clone Z95s or how well they've been doing since release. Uh, Anakin in the Delta 7 is always good. Anakin in anything is good. Um, I really wanted to like V-Wings, but I'm terrible with them. Uh, <laughs> and then Oddball is Oddball. I really want... I don't know. I really want Oddball to be a good good pilot to to do well overall uh i just don't really see it happening overall but we'll see um other than that yeah it's a pretty solid list yeah i like them i think in this case those have been like just killer and stub themselves hit very hard all right jj next one is connor holmes uh, we have a three-ship list here for the Galactic Empire. We have Vader in the TIE-D with the standard loadout, uh, Soon-Tier Fell with Predator, Lone Wolf, and Shield Upgrade, and Major Vermeil with Palpatine uh, with the Ion Limited Override and Baffle. And I actually have to look up the Limiter Override because I'm not sure what that does. Uh, but I definitely like this list here, just having uh, the Reaper come back as a as a Palp carrier and... Uh, and Vermeil can just uh, just support from the back and still have his own passive mod for offense. Pretty good. All right. Next one is Cameron Dickey. Charles, we have we have a Charles list Ooh, here. Oh yeah, we do. There's Rook. Uh, is he running? Ro oh, he didn't. He Drop likes Bay is interesting. Um, <laughs> with uh, the Mando super commandos. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah. You got Mando in the ST70 gamut, and then a Z95. With the exception of Rook, this all seems to be pretty close. I'm not sure. JJ, can you weigh in on why in God's name anyone would run the IGD uh, crew when you, you get don't have? Yeah, because Mando's ability can trigger multiple times um, to get a, a focus, so a single focus. So having two calculates to help you mod that single result. Uh, always is always better. Or if you're on offense, you can spend one calculate to reroll with Lando, and then have another calculate to uh, to auto focus after that reroll. So it's it's a little bit of both. And you have clan training on top of that to get a focus on top of that if you're at close range. So. Yeah, I will ask I a, question, a question. I was just I, I don't know. The IGD just seems kind of superfluous, but that's just me personally. So yeah, I will ask a question. They have two upgrades on here. Um, couldn't they have reused some of those three points somewhere else? Wait, which one are you talking about? His Mandalorian ship has two upgrades, and then you have the Razor Crest title. You can't run three freaking upgrades. You can't. They they they, they ruled against so, it. 
Right, exactly. So his the the elicits on the Mandalorian, he they normally have two elicits. So he has false transponder codes and over two modulators, and then Razor Crest would hide one of those two um, to reveal later. That's how it was ruled for Kyber. Yeah, okay. But you can hide the one. You don't have to put it in the list, and then you get three points to spend somewhere else. I'm I'm just saying, like, it, fair, there's fair. three points. Like, Cameron, you had three extra points. Maybe you didn't need them, but you had three extra points. <laughs> Get That's rid of right. your expert handling. Well, I don't know. I like expert handling, but there, there's no, again, there's no L337. Like, I'm just very confused by this. <laughs> you know, like, like you could have I3, L337, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. Next one is Sam Cooper with Grievous without maneuver, Imper- Impervium Plating, the simple uh, Pre Vizsla with Zam, Trickshot, Veteran, and sw- Swiveling. Two holocron prototypes with energy shells, and then two vultures with discords. Uh, the very standard build. Um, I like it. I've ran a very similar one um, to this. So, yep. Next up, Kevin Rosner in the resistance with Ray uh, with Novus Tech, uh, Technician. Actually, <laughs> uh, really interesting. Uh, Wilsa Tetlo in the uh, Y Wing, Jessica Pava, and Kazuda Ziono. Uh, with RJ uh, R1J5 um, as the astromech in this version, pretty good. Yep. And the next one again, I'll read it because it's um, this one is Kretzi with two holocrons, DFS eighty one, two vultures, um, three vultures. I'm sorry, with discords and Django. And yes, this gets rid of Seer. And yes, it gets rid of my Cad Bane, um, but I almost like it better, and I feel sad that I should have ran this because it's Django, and, and I love Django. With the return of the DRK probe droids to give out yep. those uh, target lots for those energy shell charges. Pretty good. Yep, it is. It's yep. It's a good catch on there. We have Charles. Next one is Chazin. Uh, Galactic. Rep- oh God. <laughs> Jesus, mother and Joseph. So it's one, two, three, four, five Z95s and a and a lat. Yep. Who knew that was going to be good? I did, but I don't know that many Z95s. <laughs> those those so. Zs are good, man. They're very good. I don't All know right. any of those. Here's a question. Could you, because I have a fuck ton of the regular Z95s. Could you field a regular Z95 on the peg for the clone Z95? Or yes. are you required to have the clone nope. Z95 ship? Nope. Yeah, you could field the regular. You um, could. It'd be fun, too. The um, the one thing i like to note here is that on three of these ships, he has homing torpedoes and missiles. Uh, if he has a, a target lock on the same ship, that is three damage going straight into that ship, or you're going to take uh, 12 three dice. shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really. it's good. Like period. Yeah. Like that is really good. That especially when you're when we're high agility, like low health ship totals, being able to land three through on say uh Fen Rao, for instance, or the stupid tie interceptor that nobody cares about. Um but being able to push through three damage no matter what is just just good. Anybody oh. anybody that's flown three three or uh, TLTs knows the guaranteed damage is, is better than chance damage any day. Think about yeah. it this way. Think about it this way. This is Hawk, right? This is a lat. And think about it going into... This is a counter to Vader Defender. 
Seriously. Like, I mm-hmm. think people are sleeping on that aspect of it. This is a great counter to Vader Defender. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, Charles, you can have the next one, too, because it's a scumshul list. <laughs> this, so is you, this is you, almost. Yeah, yeah. Fem, Fearless Fen with Lone Wolf and Afterburners, I like that. Um, although, as much as I enjoy Lone Wolf, Fen wants to be in the scrum and not be far out away from people, so I would shy, personally, my play style with Fen, I would shy away from Lone Wolf, because once the scrum starts, it's a useless upgrade. Um, you've got Dengar with Notorious, Proton Torp, Jamming Beam, Boba Fett, Contraband, Punishing One. R4B11 is a little different than what we've been seeing on Dengar, but still pretty solid, kind of run-the-mill Dengar build, and then uh, running that Q90 with IGD, uh, the Razor Crest title. You guys made a play for IGD being on Mando as the pilot. Why for Q90? I don't know. Again, I get the double calculate, and I'm fine with that. It's just it seems like there are so many other things that you could do differently than IGD, uh, especially right. so- when the robots are not modern or not standard legal. Um, but all in all, still a pretty solid build. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. And I think we've run out of time at that point for here. Yeah, really. The next the next list is four resistance light wings and Poe. We have Travis Johnson running a a Empire list with Defender Vader, Seven Sister, Wampa, and Countdown. Like, yeah, this is uh, a fly better like list right here. That's what that is. I believe I actually saw this him fly this here. Uh, Seven Sister without maneuver. Oh my gosh, that is really good. I gotta yeah, say. she's really good. Yeah. Um, this was a Republic li- or Rebel list I had seen too much of with Dutch Shara Bay. Wedge and Bentic two tubes. I thought that was pretty interesting, honestly. Bentic with K two S O. Isn't Shara and- Bay Poe's mother? Yes. Sort of thought. Yes, it, but but again, this this list seemed pretty good actually. Um, and then the last list, which uh, yeah, I guess we'll mention because <laughs> we have to, is JJ running Dutch with belly rub ions clusters R three Jake. Uh, who should be 100% increase in points, which I've said for a long time. Um, Wedge, Shara, and Kalubi Speedo, because like Speedo. he might as well just be in a Speedo. I yeah. don't know. Wait, yeah. And, and is Kalubi, where is Kalubi for? I don't know that pilot. She's yeah, Renegades. So after she performs a boost action, she gets to open her but wings. Where is she so, from? From the, the Saul's Renegades. No, no, I think he just means in the universe. Yeah, period. in the universe. Like, I don't give a from, fuck where you get her from. No, she's part of Saul's Renegades. That, that's what I'm trying to say. From oh. Saul's oh. Renegades, yes. Uh, it, we see her so from in Clone one. Wars. You should just say from Clone Wars. We see them in Rogue One. Okay, so she's not in Clone Wars then? Um, I have to look back, but I know we definitely see them in Rogue One and in Rebels. So, yeah. All right. Are you going to elaborate on your list, or are you just going to leave us hanging to dry? Uh, I want to do Obi Wan, so let's let's go back. And besides, um, officially, I have a, a possible match coming up with Crispy because there was a challenge done on NCX. So uh, stay tuned. Oh we'll probably God. have that match on Tuesday. So yeah, 
<laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Enjoy your discussion of the Obi-Wan things. I'm going to dip out because I am still about an hour away from being able to watch Obi-Wan. So we will, I will probably take part next week because once we get through the rest of episode three, uh, I'm going to binge watch Obi-Wan to get caught up. So, but I am out of here. I am going to go take some NyQuil and pass out. So have a wonderful evening, guys. All right. Have a good night, Charles. So, anyway, thank you all for joining us. We do a regular show every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for joining us. Tonight was a little bit longer because Tanner got into statistics and JJ um, didn't pay attention to the document. And sorry, <laughs> that's what happens. No offense. I get this is the shit I get. This is this is what I love. I, I like that stuff. Um, a quick reminder if you have not and live in Florida, and I'm not saying in Orlando, but if you live in Florida, please, please, please head over and sign up for our tournament. And the longer, the longer I think about this, the more I want to fly down there. I just, it's the cost is just so prohibitive. My my wife is not very happy with me about the prohibitive cost of flying down there. But <laughs> I really want to come down there and meet everyone in person. So if you have not signed up yet, or know somebody, or any sort of group, let us know. And hell, I'm open to do interviews. You know, I'll I'll rant and rave and, you know, drink some whiskey and uh, join any podcast you want to help support the uh, tournament that we're having down in Florida. With that being said, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week at 9 p.m. Eastern time to talk about more Star Wars X-Wing. We'll be covering the first GSP tournament that they had for the new tournament. Uh, talking a little bit about Pride Month because it's Pride Month and... Uh, unfortunately I will not be playing in the tournament cause I'm going to go to pride. I don't know. I might, I might play like the first three rounds <laughs> and then like dip out to go to pride. I don't know. I don't know how I want to do that yet. Um, but either way we will be covering the tournament next week. If you would like to talk Obi-Wan, please hang on. We're going to take a three minute break so I can use the restroom and I'll be right back with Obi-Wan Kenobi right here. I'm planning phase syndicate. 